Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance, and we're going to give the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line a workout today because we're going to the scenes of all the action in the National Football League, namely, first off, Tennessee. I'm taking it live in just a couple of minutes where the Titans have become the epicenter of a real coronavirus problem in the National Football League. We'll also go to Buffalo, where the Bills are impacted. We'll go to Chicago, as the Bears get set to play the Buccaneers tonight, kicking off Week 5, one of the most tumultuous weeks the NFL has ever had. Again, we'll be talking about that as we go. Then we'll get to some comments (laughs) that one player made that will at least put a smile on my face, and we'll see if it puts a smile on yours. All that and a whole lot more, and I will tell you, why I realized this morning that I am completely addicted to something and it actually concerned me. All of those and a whole lot more are on the way, but we begin with the latest news regarding the coronavirus and its impact on the National Football League. There is at least one game, well, there are two games this weekend that I think hang very much in the balance. Let's deal in the easier one first. The Patriots are supposed to play the Broncos on Sunday. The Patriots based upon the positive test result of Stefan Gilmore, which they got on Tuesday, will not be able to practice until Saturday at the earliest. And the idea that the Broncos would be able to practice all week long and then the Patriots maybe get one quick workout in and then they play each other in an NFL game strikes a lot of people as completely unfair, even by the standards of what we have to be willing to deal with during the pandemic. So you say to yourself, well, play the game Monday or even Tuesday. Good idea. Can't be done because next Thursday, the Bills are scheduled to play Kansas City. Shefty told us this morning on Get Up, maybe that game gets moved to the following Saturday. So there is a game of dominoes being played there. But the news out of New England continues generally to be good. The test results coming back are negative. Now, we all know the way this thing works. That doesn't mean they will be again tomorrow or the next day. But for the moment, we'll take the good news where we can get it. However, the reality is Patriots-Broncos this Sunday very much in question. Then we get to Tennessee, and that's a mess. The Titans didn't play their game against the Steelers last week, as you know, because of an outbreak of coronavirus in the Titans' camp. That game gets rescheduled for midseason. Everyone gets their buys moved around. Only one other team is impacted, the Ravens. Ben Roethlisberger is saying the Steelers get the short end of the stick. All of a sudden, their bye week is moved up to week five, as, as, as this is, and they only, only get like a three-day break. Such is life. We don't have to, I'm not, if those are the worst things that come from this, then we'll have done extraordinarily well. The problem is, what it means is the Titans' bye week is already spoken for, and now the tests keep coming in positive. More after more after more. They had another player test positive today. And so what we are left with is a situation where their game this weekend against uh, Buffalo is very much up in the air. And the latest reporting is it may very well be their fault. The Tennessee Titans were informed, according to our Teron Davenport, who's going to join me live in a minute, were informed on September 29th that in-person gatherings had been banned because of the ongoing COVID-19 outbreak in the organization. The players still, however, gathered together. A group of Titans players held a workout at a Nashville school last Wednesday, the 30th, one day after the organization closed its facility. 
As we speak, they've had 23 positive tests. So here's the the word I'm going to use to describe this. The word is counterintuitive. I fully believe the Titans players who gathered for that workout did not think they were doing something wrong. Because every football player is conditioned to think, let's get together and work somehow. They made all these off-season workouts voluntary. Well, they're, they're still doing it. The good quarterbacks are gathering all the players around, and they're getting in their work where they can because they're professionals, because they're dedicated and they want to win. It comes, I believe, from a good place. But here's the problem. It's counterintuitive. And I use that word a lot because it's a word that was taught to me by my golf pro, believe it or not. When I first started learning golf and I tried to get serious about golf, the guy who teaches me golf kept saying to me over and over again, golf is the most counterintuitive game there is. The harder you try, the worse you do. And anyone who plays golf knows, and I think this is true of baseball as well, a baseball hitter, if you're grinding the sawdust out of the bat, you have almost no chance of getting on base. It is about a nice, relaxed posture and staying in what you're doing and staying within yourself. It's not natural to a football player. Football is not a counterintuitive game. Football is run as fast as you can, hit as hard as you can. That's what these guys are conditioned to do. It's what they've done all their lives. They run through obstacles. They don't run around them. It's not considered um, within the framework of the game to run around an obstacle. You don't avoid an obstacle. You run through it. You knock it down. That's what football players do. We've been told we can't gather at the facility. Well, let's get together on another field. Like Tom Brady gathered up all those Buccaneers during the offseason and practiced on a high school field, and we all lauded him for it. So I believe the Titans players did this with good intentions. Let's stay sharp, guys. Let's, let's continue to go. We've got a good season. We're 3-0. and I get that part of it. The trouble is that is the opposite of what we need to do in the pandemic. It's so hard to deal with. Again, I've, I get tested regularly. And I've, I've not tested positive, but I've been around people who have been exposed. And what you need to do is just go sit in a room by yourself and do nothing. You need to not expose yourself to anyone else. And for most of us, not just football players, for all of us who are active people, that's a very hard thing to be told you need to do. I don't want to go sit in a room by myself. I've got things to do and we're all accustomed to. We have a problem here. Let's take action. Let's go, let's go to the medicine, let's go to the doctor, let's go, let's go work out, let's do whatever it is that we need to do to make ourselves feel better, to solve whatever problem it is that we have, to try and defeat any obstacle that is placed before us. And so I understand why it runs counter to the way a football player is wired to think that these Titans players were told last Tuesday, you can't come to the facility and you can't gather, and they said... Well, let's get together and work out. They didn't do it because they wanted to spread the coronavirus. And they didn't do it because they want to screw up the season. And they didn't do it for any other reason than they're dedicated professionals and they want to win. And they made a mistake. But the question is, now what? Because there is fury out there. The football community is furious at the Titans. And the primary reason is they're going to cost guys game checks. That game against Buffalo this weekend may very well never get played. It is very possible that game will not get played. And under the agreement that has been reached between the National Football League and the Players Association, 
Neither team will get their game checks if that game isn't ultimately played. If the Bills and the Titans both wind up playing 15 instead of 16 games this season, which I'm not telling you is what's going to happen. I don't know that. But it is definitely on the list of options. If that winds up happening, then the Buffalo Bills players are sitting there saying, we've done all the right things. We're ready to go this Sunday. And we're now going to get paid one sixteenth less for this season than we otherwise would have as a result of another team's mistakes. That's a tough situation to be in. And when I brought that up to the three former football players who are on my set with me this morning on Get Up, the looks on their faces told you the whole story. That's one thing you don't mess with is guys' game checks. Because unlike someone like me who could do my job for 50 years, most of these players have an extremely limited career. They've got three, four-year window to make as much money as they can. You don't take their game checks away, especially if they're doing everything right and others Again, perhaps for perfectly honorable intentions, misguided though they may have been, if they got them wrong. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive's Home Insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. Now, we do a feature called One Question where I bring some reporters in and I ask one question to each. I'm forewarning you right now, hashtag Bubba. I'm going to be asking far more than one question to our first reporter, Teron Davenport, who covers the Titans for us, joins me on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. And Teron, it was your story that I was just reading here a moment ago on this program. So I thank you for taking some time here. Uh, for those who are just joining us, take us through what we have found out about what the Titans players did last week, the timetable of it, and why that is so important. Yeah, it's really a mess. I appreciate you having me on. If you look at what happened, so on September 30th, the players, mostly quarterbacks and receivers, gathered at Montgomery Bell Academy, which is a school here in Nashville. Now, there's one problem. With the facility shut down, the NFL is saying that they informed the Titans as an organization that there were to be no in-person activities, obviously within the facility, but also outside of it. The problem is two days later, a memo was sent, and that memo outlined what the Titans were reportedly told. So now it's a matter of a discrepancy along the timeline. And then you add in the fact that Ryan Tannehill on that Wednesday, the same day that they worked out, he was asked how he was going to handle just not being able to be in the facility. And he said, I quote, you can't sit around on the couch for a week and be on a Zoom meeting and expect to get at a physical peak on a Sunday or whenever the game is going to be. It's going to look a little bit different for everybody, whatever they're able to do where they're able to work out, in a garage, in a gym somewhere. I repeat, in a gym somewhere, I'm not even sure. I'm just going to make sure that I'm getting throws in and ready to go and throw the ball when the game comes around. So that tells me that, and in addition to players that have told me that they weren't informed, that tells me that they didn't know that that workout was going to be a violation. Now, was it an intelligent decision to work out in the midst of an outbreak? Absolutely not. And I will never defend them for that. But there's a discrepancy somewhere, and I think that's really where the problem is. Did the league, in fact, let them know on the 29th? And if they did, did the organization relay that message to the players? That's where the problem is. 
It's extremely well explained, Tehran, and, and, and it does, it makes me feel good to hear it because it confirms what I had just said a moment ago, which is that I, I believe fully that this was not malintended. These guys did what they thought was the right and smart thing to do because they're professionals exactly. and they want to win, and they're a good team, and they're having a good season, and, and their first instinct, the football player's instinct is, well, let's keep working, let's keep together here, even if we can't be in the building, and all of the things we're dealing with now go counterintuitive to what um to to what they normally would be uh, wanting to do. So, Teron, that brings us to the really important question here: What can you tell me about the possibility that their game this weekend against Buffalo can be played? Well, I'll relay one thing that Diana Rossini, our teammate, one thing that she said was she spoke to Titans and Bills players, and they said that they've been told there's a possibility that the game is moved from Monday, from Sunday to Monday or Tuesday, and then Thursday night's game, which coincidentally is the first Thursday night game on Fox, will be moved to Saturday. I'm not sure if that's going to be able to happen. There's also, as, as you mentioned earlier in your show, the possibility that the game isn't played. And if that's the case, oh, man, that's going to be a, a huge problem because now – you have Bills players who won't get a game check, but then you also have Steelers players who are, hey, wait a minute, our game was moved to the 25th. Why wasn't our game canceled? You know, so there's there's a lot going on there. The league seems like they're going to try to make the game happen, but with the positive test today, they need a, a negative test Friday, Saturday, just to be able to, to think about getting back in the building on Sunday, and they're going to need negative tests on Sunday, too, and that's if they play on Monday or Tuesday. So I say all that to say, it's not likely that this game is, is, is played this week, and it all depends on whether or not the league has the, the foresight to say, you know what, let's press pause, recalibrate. We have the ability to push the Super Bowl into later February. Can we add weeks to this season and, and press pause and, and let things balance out? Right. That conversation came up this morning as well. Toronto Davenport, who covers the Titans for us, is with me on ESPN Radio. And, and there will be some pushback to that from people who will say, we're going to pause the entire league and throw everything into a state of flux because one team couldn't follow the rules. I'm not telling you that's what I think. I'm telling you that's what right. a lot of people's perspective might be. Toronto, let me ask you one more question. What what contact have you been able to have with players and coaches? I, I guess I would ask, to what degree do you know where their heads are right now? How how are they thinking, feeling, and reacting to all of this as it continues to develop around them? Yeah, Greeny, just to, to kind of reply to, to your statement about one team. Yeah. The Patriots have had multiple tests also. The right. Raiders have had it. So it, it, it's, it actually, for those who say that, it goes beyond that. But then to answer your question as far as the contact with players, almost to a man, everyone that I've spoken to, there's a degree of frustration. And these guys, want to, they want to get back in the building and they want to work. It, their work ethic, it, it comes from the head coach. Mike Vrabel, as you know, he's that guy that wears the blue-collar shirt with the name tag, Mike, on it. You know, mm-hmm. it's all hard work. That's what, what he established himself upon. And that's what the players think. So they're frustrated that they can't go into work, but they understand that it's a situation they, they have no control over. In the meantime, they're trying to stay sharp mentally so that whenever they do get the opportunity to play, they will be able to go out and do it successful. But right now it's just 
no idea when that's going to happen as these tests continue to roll in. It's excellent work. Teron Davenport, again, who covers the Titans for us. Thank you very much for this. And I will keep in touch with you because this obviously is not a story that's going away. In the meantime, Marcel Louis-Jacques is with me now on the Shell uh, Shell Pennzoil performance line. He covers the Bills for us. Marcel, welcome to ESPN Radio. And let me ask you, where, where do the Bills stand as far as all of this is concerned right now? To my knowledge, there were no positive tests there. They're, of course, ready to play a game this weekend. Where do the Bills stand right now? Yeah, thanks for having me on, Greeny. The Bills are kind of sandwiched in between two difficult situations. As Teron mentioned earlier in the show, they just played the Raiders, who have had at least one positive COVID-19 result. They're about to play the Titans, who have had 23. They've got the Patriots even in a couple weeks, and their positive results coming out of that camp as well. But from everything that we have heard from the Bills organization, they're trying to keep that tunnel vision on just preparing for a game on Sunday, it's just, you know, it, it brings the human element into it that you can't help but notice what's going on in the world around you. What we've heard from Coach Sean McDermott is that you know, their their main focus is the health and safety of everyone in that organization, from employees all the way to players. However, they don't really have much of a say as to what happens on Sunday. I asked Sean Point Blank yesterday whether the league is going to take into account the Bills' comfortability in playing a game as regularly scheduled. He says that he hopes that the league would take his opinion into account, but ultimately that decision is not going to be made by Sean McDermott. So you understand they're trying to say the right thing. Sean McDermott is never one to stir up drama or controversy, and that's what he effects throughout the Bills' locker room. But you can definitely sense you know, a little bit of a little bit of uneasiness from this locker room and from this team, given their current situation, which is easy to understand. Marcel, thank you very much for your perspective here. I will also keep in close touch with you in the next few days. Again, the option of playing Monday or Tuesday will become more complicated because they're scheduled to play Thursday against Kansas City. Maybe that game gets moved to Saturday. Even so, playing two games in that short a stretch, these are really difficult circumstances, and that's where we stand with regard to all of the coronavirus stuff swirling around the National Football League. I invite you to be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It is official. College football is back, and so is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Meanwhile, I did have one more planned here for one question. Let me bring in our Bears reporter, my friend Jeff Dickerson, on the Shell Penzoil performance line, because with all this going on, Week five of the season does kick off tonight with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers and they're banged up against Nick Foles and the Chicago Bears. And Jeff, just give me a sense of, of where everyone in Chicago's head is right now relative to the quarterback change. It was an, an, an uninspiring first start for Nick Foles. How does everyone feel going into this one on a short week? The Greeny, a lot of ramifications for the Bears tonight. This is kind of a credibility game because remember, they got off to a 3-0 start. And it was kind of a suspect 3-0 start. They beat bad Detroit teams, Atlanta. They uh, had to hang on against the Giants. They had to come from behind in weeks one and three. And then the Colts come to town last week and just manhandled them. As you mentioned, Nick Foles had a very pedestrian performance. The Bears rushed for only 28 yards, only 14 first downs. And the offense continues, Greeny, 
to be an issue in 2020 with Foles, as it was with Trubisky. It was a problem in 2019, 2018. So I think the frustration level in Chicago is that the defense hasn't played as well as they're capable of playing, but it's still a defense that can be a top 10, top 5 defense. But even though they're 3-1, and one, uh, if the offense does not improve, that record's going to change in a hurry. So I would say there's a lot of angst in Chicago tonight to see what this team can do against Tom Brady, even though, as you said, the Buccaneers do enter uh, this game uh, very banged up. Yeah, and, and one of the many storylines here will be Brady against Foles for the first time since the Super Bowl. Jeff, thanks. Give my best to everybody back there, and we'll talk soon. Here's the best thing I can tell you as we get off to a good start today on ESPN Radio. I didn't get to almost anything else I had planned here And that's good news because I've got a ton of stuff in the hopper and this is a very important story. In the NFL, the season reaches its first pressure point. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like For the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Half past the hour, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Really busy. Uh, We'll have Lewis Riddick in about a half hour, continuing to go through all of the latest from the NFL on what is really an incredibly important day. And I want to make one more point about what's going on in Tennessee. And then we'll do who you got and go through just a, a whole bunch of stuff around the world of sports. But I think that the counterintuitive piece of this is really important because... I think a lot of fans or or just people who don't pay close attention will look and they'll hear, oh, the Titans players were being irresponsible. That's the word that's being thrown around out there. And I suppose to some degree, you could describe this as that. But when you first hear that, if you don't dig beneath the surface a little, you might think, oh, were they going, these guys going to bars on their spare time? Were they going to clubs? Were they uh, being reckless or, or lax about using masks and all that sort of thing. And that's not what's happening. What's happening is almost the opposite of that. They were being professional. They were trying to keep being great football players, which is what they're fully conditioned and wired to do. So it's so counterintuitive for them to think the best thing I can do for my team, for my league, for my sport is nothing. Doing nothing never enters the mind of any athlete, but least of all a football player. And what they really needed to do in that circumstance was nothing. So I, what I'm trying to say is that even if they screwed up, which it appears likely they may have, I get it. I have empathy. I have sympathy for them in their situation because I, even if they got it wrong, 
I don't question the motivation behind that. Doesn't make it okay. Don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting what they did was right. But I'm saying this isn't the same thing as if a bunch of them, you know, had a party and indoors with no masks and nobody knew about it. And, and, and all of a sudden that got found out. This is vastly different from that. All right. With that said, let's go all around the world of sports. It's time for hashtag Bubba and who you got. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right. I'll say it. Who you got? Let's do as many as we can. Bubba, let's get this thing rolling. All right, who you got? Brought to you by Granger. Are you ready? I'm ready. I, too, am ready. Let's start in the NFL. Brett Favre says Josh Allen will be the next Tom Brady. Okay, and he'll be running the AFC East. Who do you have running the AFC East? Josh Allen? Someone else? Maybe someone not even there yet. Who you got? I'm going off the board. I'm going Cam Newton. Cam Newton is by no means done. He sat back there, watched his team flounder without him Monday night and counted all the money they should be paying him. Cam Newton, Josh McDaniels, and Bill Belichick are indeed, well, it can't be a marriage made in heaven because there's three of them, but you know what I mean. That is a lethal combination. They could own that division for the foreseeable future. Cam is only 31 years old i say that division is cams if they all get this right bubba what's next uh technically that wouldn't be off the board because someone else was an option so well if someone else is an option then nothing is off the board (laughs) unless i was going to speak to someone who is not human like if i said my dog phoebe was going to run i mean you're the one said someone off the board not me so i went off the board hashtag bubba and you were hashtag incorrect which quarterback (laughs) gets a start first dwayne haskins josh rosen or Mitch Trubisky, who you got? I'm going to say Haskins because I think he's the only one they haven't necessarily given up on. And when I say they, I mean the league. I think the league, I think each individual team, well, Rosen, I think, is not even even in the discussion anymore. Trubisky, I believe, not only has his team given up on him, but I think the league has given up on him. In Washington, I believe the team has given up on Haskins, but I don't believe the league, if anyone has any sense, has That man has only started 25 games between college and pro. He started 13 college games and 12 NFL games for a terrible team and a terrible franchise. The start of his career has been borderline sabotaged. I can't tell you he's going to be a great player, but I can tell you almost no one could have succeeded in the circumstances he's been in. So I think he gets a second shot. I go Haskins. Hashtag Bubba with who you got. What's next? The Texans is the first job open. We got the Falcons, Jets, Lions among the likely possible openings. So let's say you're Eric Bieniemy. What job are you hoping for this offseason? Who you got? I completely disagree with what my friend Dominique Foxworth said. This morning on Get Up, when he said he thought that was the worst job, I think it's the best because of Deshaun Watson. Yes, they don't have their first picks this year, their first and second round pick. Yes, they're a little cash strapped right now. But every team goes through that. What every team that is rebuilding is looking for is the quarterback. What every team that is rebuilding is looking for is Deshaun Watson. And they've got that. Put the Jets out of the equation completely because the organization is so totally dysfunctional. Falcons... Matt Ryan is closer to the end than the beginning. I think Ryan might have a second act someplace else. They may start over again next year completely. What was the other option? Detroit? That's another terrible situation. Now, I go Houston. I think Houston, because of Deshaun, is the best of the situations, at least of the ones you just mentioned, that could be available. 
Hashtag Bubba with who you got. What's next? Yesterday you tweeted at ESPN Greeny who you got for NFL MVP. Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, or Patrick Mahomes. The listeners said Russell Wilson, but who you got on this? I, I My sentimentality, I believe that MVP is a narrative vote. So I think it comes down to two guys. Josh Allen, if he's going to keep playing like this, will have his chances later. I think he has the fourth best chance out of that group. I think Patrick Mahomes has the third best chance. Based upon what he's accomplished in his career, he'd have to throw 60 touchdowns to win that award this year. I think the combination of Russell Wilson never getting an MVP vote in his life, not the award, he's never gotten a vote, and Aaron Rodgers having the scorched earth tour um, are the two real candidates. So I'll say this. If Rodgers, if it's all even otherwise, I believe they give it to Rodgers, but I think Wilson will ultimately have the better season because he has the better weapons. So I think it's Russell Wilson who will win the award. Have time for one more. Hashtag Bubba. Choose wisely. Hmm. Which one do you want? You choose. I don't know. I don't have it in front of me. So go ahead and pick whatever you've got. I don't remember. I, I know I, I, what, I, what I did was I okayed all of the questions. So you can ask any of them you like best. All right. Well, let's get the non-sports one. Let's have a little fun then. In honor of legendary guitarist Eddie Van Halen, who died on Tuesday, are yeah. you a are you a David Lee Roth guy or a Sammy Hagar guy for Van Can Halen? Can I ask you who a you serious got? question and an honest question? I don't mean this to insult anyone. Are there Sammy Hagar guys? Oh yeah. Like, does, does anyone not think that Van Halen was infinitely better with David Lee Roth? There are, yeah. Who are these people? I mean, I'd like to there. hear from you. Tweet at me, hashtag Greeny. I'm not going to take calls on it because that's just not our mandate here is to take calls on um, on the passing of, of legendary guitarists and who was their best front man. Uh, but if you believe that Van Hagar was better than Van Halen, I'm dying to hear from you with a reason why. At hashtag Greeny, I'll read them and I'll respond to some. That's Bubba with who you got, Bubba? What do you, you have? Who you got brought to you by Granger. Granger helps your business move forward with supplies and solutions for every industry, safety, recovery guys, 24-7 support, and more. Call crickgranger.com or just stop by. All right, well done. That's hashtag Bubba. And it's a good opportunity to go all around the world of sports. We haven't gotten to the basketball yet. We haven't gotten to the baseball yet. We'll get to all of those. Plus, Lewis Riddick is on the way. Plus, I will tell you something that is happening in sports that is not relevant, but it is interesting. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Okay, tonight's game. 
I, there's a new feature I want to do. I'm actually going to tell Nuno and, and Bubba this uh, on the air. Uh, and it came up organically. I was doing a highlight on Get Up and of, a, of a game with the Astros yesterday. And um, Alex Bregman hit a home run. And they gave me the little stat on the shot sheet, as the, which is what they give you, where they show you all the plays. And there's a little stat that said he has homered on this day four consecutive years. And just out of my mouth came the words, well, that's not really relevant to anything, but it is interesting. And people seem to like it. I got some response to that. So I thought there are a lot of things that we get in sports, a lot of sports stats and things like that that aren't really relevant to anything, but they are interesting. And here's one. As the Buccaneers get set to play the Bears tonight, And that obviously means Tampa Bay, uh, Tom Brady, Tampa Tom, against Nick Foles. It is the first time that in the history of the sport that the quarterbacks who will face off once played against each other as the starters in the Super Bowl and are now on both different teams. Let me read that again more clearly. Field Yates is the one I saw posting this. When the Bucs and the Bears kick off tonight, Brady and Foles will become the first quarterbacks to face off as starters in a Super Bowl, and then later in their careers, while each starts for a different team. So, as I say, that's not relevant to anything, really. My response is sort of, well, who cares? But it is interesting, and the game is both relevant and interesting. And here's why. Because no one is taking the Bears seriously. No one in Chicago is taking the Bears seriously. Frequently, if you say something nasty about a team, a town's team, you will get a lot of angry response from that town. I've experienced that many times with the fans in places like Boston, Philadelphia, and over the course of time, Chicago. But in this case, people in Chicago are mad at me because I'm giving the Bears too much credit. Everyone I'm hearing from in Chicago is telling me, Greeny, stop publicly acknowledging this team as having a winning record because, candidly, they're not any good. There seems to be some frustration with that. Well, they could change that narrative tonight, and they've got a good chance to do it because the Bucks are banged up. We ran through the injury list this morning on TV, and I can't even remember it all off the top of my head. But Godwin isn't playing, and Fournette and O.J. Howard is out for the year. They've got a bunch of injuries in Tampa. So that... Good Bears defense, which has not been great this year, but is good and maybe has a special night in it. Give Tom some trouble. Birdie doesn't have all the weapons he usually does. Working on a short week. Bears win tonight. That could change the narrative a little bit. You get to four and one. People have to take you seriously whether they want to or not. So it feels like an important game for them. And for the Bucks, I think every game is important because they're thinking Super Bowl thoughts. So you don't want a loss in the conference if you can avoid it because that could wind up being a tiebreaker at some point for a home playoff game. All right, Greeny with you. And then I need to bring you today's Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. And to set it up, I will merely say, when I heard this soundbite from Xavier Woods of the Cowboys, my first thought was, because I love Alex Trebek and I love Jeopardy, my first thought was, I'll take things I'm going to regret having said for 500, Alex. Just listen to Xavier Woods being asked about the Cowboys' effort on defense. Bubba, let's hear it. Our effort's been good. I mean, in certain plays, uh, certain plays, some guy, uh, I mean, me included, uh, it may be a lack, but overall, the effort is there. Uh, I mean, you don't expect, I mean, we're in the NFL, you don't expect guys to full speed for 70 plays. 
that's not that's not possible. That's a really unfortunate soundbite, and I'm I'm willing to give Xavier Woods the benefit of the doubt. That clearly isn't the way he meant to say that, and, and I know that because no one would say that that way on purpose. No one would say, you know, we can't try hard all the time in a football game on purpose. So I have to believe he meant to say something else. One way or another, we played that this morning on Get Up, and the reactions were so funny, I wanted to play you a little bit of each. So, Bubba, first, let's hear the reaction to that soundbite from my friend Damian Woody. How stupid can you be to say something like that in front of me? <laughs> Literally, that's your job as a professional athlete is to go out there at minimum and give back some effort. So Damian Woody had that response. Lewis Riddick had an equally amusing response. Here was Lewis. Look, I mean, you can just tell by the look on his face, man. He, he didn't know what he was saying. I'm, I'm just going to give him a pass because he don't even know how dumb that was. <laughs> See? <laughs> <laughs> made me laugh even the second time. And and then here's what Dominique was saying, because Dominique Foxworth was pointing out he does think effort is a problem. Listen. That's why you see Odell Beckham going for like 100 yards on a reverse. Like, that's a Pop Warner play. I remember I was eight years old. When it was third and 12, you know what we ran? The reverse. And it might go for 20 yards. And that's just, that's effort. That's effort. Because little kids don't know you run to the ball every play. So that was an unfortunate comment from Xavier Woods, and it's just exactly what his team didn't need as they prepare to play a game against the Giants this week. It is the movable object against the resistible force. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Lewis Riddick joins me live next, and I'll tell you why I freaked out this morning. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.